Tov Hashem, we are learning Bavakama Daf Samaches. We left off on Daf Samaches, 12 lines from the top of the Amid, right in the first wide line, Mesve, quickly reviewing. We had in the Mishnah the Din that Hagoynef, Acharaganef, that if there's thief number one and thief number two steals from thief number one, the second Ganef does not pay Kefum. That's what the Mishnah said. Based on the Pasik, that the Pasik that speaks about paying double mentions that if someone stole an article from the house of its owner, then the Pasik says pay double. So from there we learn that if you didn't steal it from the house of the owner, a thief stole it from another thief, he doesn't have to pay the penalty of double. And on that we had on Dafsamach Zainamud Bez Rav. Rav, like we said, holds like Rabba that if the original owner despairs of ever getting back the article that was stolen, if the original owner has Yush, Yush itself allows the Ganef to acquire the article. So Rav says that when does the Mishnah say that Ein HaGoynef Achara Ganef Pei Koifel? That's only if the owner did not have Yush. But if the owner had Yush, so Ganef number one acquired it, so he is now its owner. So now if Ganef number two steals it from Ganef number one, Ganef number two will have to pay Kefal to Ganef number one because he stole it from its current owner. We'll get to that in a moment. We'll get to that in a moment. So now, says the Gemara Meisvei, we're going to challenge the opinion of Rav, who holds that after the original owner has Yush, the Goinef, Acharaganef, does have to pay Kefal. It says in a Braisa, now this, we're going to divide this Braisa into three dinim. There is the din of the Reisha, then there is the middle din, and then is the din of the Sefer. Says the Braisa in the beginning, din number one, that Ganav, if one person steals an article, and a second thief, Ganaf number two, steals it from Ganaf number one. Says the Braisa, that the first Ganaf has to pay back the value plus double to the original owner. And the second thief, only has to pay Keren, which is basically the din of our Mishnah. Here is where Rashi says, to whom does he pay Kefal to? He pays it to the Ganefrishan. Clearly, Sheni Eina Mishalem Alakerem, I'm reading Rashi, Liganefrishan. By the way, there is a Yerushalmi that says that when the second Ganef pays the value, the principal, to the first Ganef, it should be done in the presence of the owner. Because the first Ganef doesn't have a good reputation. The first Ganef is a Ganef. Really, that money, what should the Ganav do with that money? The Ganav should take that money, plus the Kefal that it owes, and gives it to the owner. But anyways, the Ganav Sheni only pays the Ganav Rishon Kenan. Now, according to Rav, when will that be true? If there is no Yush. Now we're going to show, as we go on in the Braisa, that the Braisa is speaking about after Yush. That's how this Braisa will become a problem against the Sheet of Rav. So that's the number one. Din number two in the Braisom, that Ganaf, if the first Ganaf steals it, and now he sells it, he sells it to a buyer, and comes along thief number two, and he steals it from the buyer, says the Braisom, the first thief, doesn't only have to pay Kefal, he stole it, 
and he sold it. So Mishalom Tashlumi Arbava Chamisha. He has to pay to the owner, you know, depending ox or lamb, four or five times. Now the Hasheni, the second thief who stole it from the buyer, has to pay Tashlumi Kefal, has to pay Kefal to the buyer. Now, as the Gemara is going to point out, why would he have to pay Kefal? Because the buyer became its owner. Why will the buyer become its owner? Because, no, but the first owner had to have Yush. That's going to be the build-up of the question. Oh, it's from the second case you see, from the middle case, you see, that the Bryce is speaking about a case that there was Yush. So if there was Yush in the middle case, there was Yush in the first case. The Bryce is speaking about the same scenario, and that's going to prove against Rav that even after Yush, the second Ganav only pays Keren. But let's go on and learn case number three. Ganav v'tavach, if someone steals an article, steals an article, a Ganav, we're speaking about stealing an ox or a lamb. And the first Ganev Tavach, he slaughters it. And then, And after, let's say the ox was slaughtered, Ganev number two steals the steak from Ganev number one. Says The first one has to pay again, because he stole it and he slaughtered it. And the second one, does not pay keifel. He only pays keren. And the Gemara is going to ask, why is that? I mean, here, when the first Ganeth actually changed the article that he stole, everyone is going to be maida that when you change something, you acquire it. You owe the owner the money. But now that he acquired it here for sure, that's going to be the question. Ganeth number two should have to pay keifel Teganaf number one, that's going to be addressed in the Gemara. So now, the Gemara now is challenging Rav. At any rate, it says in case number two of the Brais, in the middle case of the Brais, that Ganaf Umachar, the first Ganaf steals it and sells it. Ubaachar Ugnavai, and another thief steals it from the buyer. So the Brais says, That makes sense. You stole it and you sold it. And the second thief has to pay to the buyer. Kefal asks the Gemara Amos exactly when did the Ganev sell it. If the Ganev sold it to the buyer before the original owner gave up hope. So then, why would the one who steals it from the buyer have to pay Kefal? Even if an article changes where it is, Right? It was in the possession of the first Ganef, and now it was sold, and it's now in the possession of the buyer. If there was no Yish, below Yish, is there anyone that holds that the buyer will acquire it? <laughs> Imagine if I take your article and I sell it to someone else. Who does it belong to? To the original owner. So it still belongs to the original owner. And what did the Mishnah tell you? That when does a Ganef have to pay Kefal? Only when he steals it from the owner. And if not, the Mishnah says you only pay the Keren. You don't have to pay Kefal. So the fact that the middle case of the Brises says that you pay Kefal, Elit has to be La'achad Yush. So now comes the question, let's ask on the second case itself. If a person steals something, and the owner gives up hope, if Yush makes it belong to the first Ganef, so now it's his, if he sells it or if he shechts it, Whose article did he sell? His own. That's the whole din of an av. 
Hey, why would he have to pay four or five? The day who dezaben, he sold what belongs to him. That's question on the middle case. And Vesu, and furthermore, we want for the Braisa to all be speaking about the same scenario. In other words, if the middle case is after Yush, so then the first case is also after Yush. So the Tani, when it says in the Reisha, Ganav Uba Acharu Gnavai, the Rishon pays Mishalom Zashlumi Kefal, and Vasheni Ein Mishalom Elakadam Elakadam asks the Gemara Michti Behold Laachar Yehush Kaiminon. You just established the Brisa speaking about after Yehush. The Eisal Kadaitach Yehush Kaina Sheni Yamai Ein Mishalom Elakadam. If there was Yehush, then the first Ganav owns it. The first Ganav is its owner. So now Ganav number two has to pay Ganav number one Kefal, which is Mamish what Rav said. This goes clearly against Rav. El Olav Shlamino, Yehush Leikonei, and therefore Vekashi Rav answers the Gemara Amarava. One second. Now Rav is going to say what we call, he's going to give a doichik answer, an answer that's not ideal. And his answer is going to be Vetizbara. What is your understanding? That Ha Mitaratztahi, that this Braisa is a correct Braisa, it's an understood Braisa. Rav is going to prove that this b'raisa is what we call a corrupted b'raisa. This whole b'raisa is not, not correct. We're going to have to rewrite it, so to say. Elo, and how will he prove that the b'raisa is not a correct b'raisa? Because when it says in the seifah, here it means in the last case. When it says in the last case of the b'raisa, that ganav, if the ganav stole it, and v'tavach, and he shechts it, and then someone steals it after it was slaughtered. So it says in the Braisa that the first Ganav has to pay Tashlumi Yabarva So far, so good. But the Braisa says the Shani, the one who steals it after it was slaughtered. How can the Braisa make such a statement? Is there anyone that holds that when you steal something without the use and you change the article that you stole, you acquire it? Everyone holds of that. So if someone steals something and he slaughters it, it becomes now property of the Ganav. The Ganav owes the value plus, you know, total four or total five to the owner because he shafted it. But by Shinui Maisa, everyone holds that the Ganav acquired it. And therefore, the second Ganav for sure should have to pay Kefal. How can the Braisa say that the second Ganav only pays Kedan? Ella, therefore, it's a, it's a corrupted Braisa. Lo'olam, first of all, the whole Braisa is speaking about Lifnei Yush. Now let's halk up. If the first case, this case one, two, and three, the first case is simple, a Ganav steals it, another Ganav steals it from the first Ganav. The Braisa says the second Ganav only pays Keren. Why? Because the whole Braisa is speaking about before Yush. That's the Din. That's the Din in the Mishnah. The first Ganav does not own it. The second Ganav did not steal it from its owner. There is no Vigunav Mibeso Ish. And the Din of Kefal is only when there is Vigunav Mibeso Ish. Okay, that's clear. Now, we're going to switch the middle and the third case. And this is how Rava almost rewrites the Braisa. Because the Braisa for sure got mistaken. It got corrupted. The second case of the Braisa, that's not speaking about making a Shinui Maisa. When you sell something, you don't change it. Shechting, it changes it. That case, the Braisa says, and then the second thief steals it from the buyer. And the Braisa here writes, that the first one has to pay four or five. Of course, that's the din. You, you steal it and you sell it. Four or five. And this Braisa is substantiating the din of Rav. 
since there was no Yush, which means even though you sold it, the buyer doesn't own it. Because the seller never owned it to sell it. It still belongs to the original owner. The second Ghanav stole it from the buyer. He only has to pay Keren to the buyer. Why? Because since, like Rav, so he only pays Keren. However, the third case of the price is when Ghanav, the Tavach, if the first thief steals it and shechts it, ah, there's no Yush, but you shechted it, you changed it. Now this Ghanav owns it. And then the second thief steals it from the first. Here the Braisa says, Because you shechted it, and you slaughtered it. And the second one has to pay keful. Why? Because the Kanye, because the first one, the first Ganef, even though there was no Yush, acquired it, because he changed it. So now the second Ganef stole it from the owner. And therefore he has to pay keful. Now it's a great answer if you accept that you have the right to sort of say rearrange the b'raisa. Which is a big doichik. So Rav Papa Amar to which Rav Papa says Don't switch around the dinim of the b'raisa. Leave the b'raisa the way it's written. And seifa, seifa meaning the last case of the b'raisa. Aganov steals it and shechts it. And still the Braisa said that the second Ganav only pays Kerem. And what was the question? If you changed it, then for sure you own it. So says Rav Papa, if you remember a few Dafim ago, in the din of the Esnan Zaino, we learned the Machlech is Beishamai Besilel, and Beishamai is of the opinion that even if you change an article, it doesn't do anything. It doesn't make it not belong to the owner. So in the case of a Esnan Zaino, that a Zaino, who gets paid with, with a thing, that thing cannot be offered in the Beis HaMikdash. So Beis holds, if she gets paid with wheat, and she makes it into flour, even though she changed it, the flour cannot be offered as a carbon mincha, because it's still considered Esnan Zaina. Because Beis holds, Shinoi B'mekreimo Aymet, that even when you make a Shinoi, nothing changes. So that explains the last case of the Braisa. However, nevertheless, but still, if the Braisa is speaking about after Yush, so Kasha as we explained, so answers Rav Papa, one second. The whole Braisa is speaking about Lifna Yush. And let's go case by case at a time. Now, the first case, so the last case of the Braisa goes Lashit as Beshamai. When there's no Yush, even though there's a Shino Yimaisa, nothing changes. The first din in the Braisa that says, simple, that a second Ganav only pays to the first Ganav, the Keren, the Braisa and Rav are the same. Yush Kaina. So if the second Ganav doesn't have to pay Kefal, the Braisa is speaking about that there was no Yush. So since there's no Yush, it wasn't belonging to the second, to the Ganav. You didn't steal it, ish. you don't have to pay Kefal. However, the problem is going to be with the middle case. What's the cash of the middle case? That if we're speaking about Lifnei Yush, so it never belonged to the buyer, remember that? So why should the Ganav Shani have to pay Kefal when it never belonged to the buyer? Answers the Gemara, let's do Hacha B'mayaskinon, Shedesiyayishu Haba'olim B'lekeach B'lekeachu B'ganav. There was Yush, but you know when there was Yush, when the person stole it, there wasn't Yush. So when he sold it, there was no Yush. That's why he has to pay Arbava Hamisha. Because he stole something and he sold it that did not belong to him. After he sold it to the buyer, 
before the second Ganav stole it from the buyer, the first owner gave up hope. So now the buyer acquired it. Because now there is Yush, and now it's in the hands of the buyer. So that's why the Ganav Shani has to pay Kefal. It's Kavaldik. The Havale Yush. No, someone stole it from the buyer. The Ganav Shani stole it from the buyer. The original owner. It belongs, according to that, when there's Yush, then it's no longer the owner's. When there is no Yush, it belongs to the owner. Just Shinidi Shus, without Yush, doesn't make it belong to the buyer. So the Ganev who sold it has to pay Abarva Hamisha because when he sold it, there was no Yush. So you can't say Shaloi Humaychir. It wasn't Shaloi, he belonged to the owner. The buyer doesn't own it yet. Now the owner has Yush. So now it belongs to the buyer. Now the Ganav Shani who stole it from the buyer has to pay Kefum. And Beloi, Tema Mishum Debeinen Yush, Vishinu Dishos. Now don't come and tell me that the Brais is giving you such a case to point out that even when there is Yush, Yush in itself doesn't work. Yush only makes it belong to the current person who has it in his possession only if there was an additional Shinu Dishos. Which is why the Brayse gave a case where the owner had Yush only after it's in the hand of the buyer. No, Elafilu Rav is correct. Yush, even if before he sold it, if the owner would have had Yush, then the Ganav already would have owned it. And by the way, if the Ganav would have owned it, if the Ganav now would have sold it, what would be the din? There's no Arbava Hamisha, because he sold something that belongs to him. The Braisa wanted to dafka, give a case where both the first Ganev and the second Ganev they have to pay more than the principal. So to give a case where you can see that each Ganev has to pay penalties, the greatest case will be that when the Ganev Rishon stole it, there was no use. So when the Ganev Rishon sold it, who has to pay Arbava Hamisha? And now. The Braise gives a scenario that if the owner now has Yush, and then a Ganav steals it from the buyer, then the second Ganav also has to pay more than the Keren, because there was Yush now. And this Braise, therefore, does not contradict Rav, and one does not need to change the Sefer and the Mitzias. Baiter and the Gemara. Itmar was stated. Continuing with the Sugi. There's one Ganav. Someone steals something, steals an animal, the owner did not have Yush, and he sold it. Rav Nachman, Rav Nachman says, well, this is the case where you have to pay four or five. Now, as we'll see in a moment, that Rav Nachman and the next sheet of Rav Sheshis, none of them hold like Rav, this is going to be important, none of them hold that Yush Kainah, which means that even if there will be Yush, the Ganav doesn't own it yet. And therefore, the din of selling it and getting penalized will go after Yush. Rav Nachman is holding that the penalty of four and five is also before Yush. Rav Sheshis holds, Rav Sheshis holds that if the Ganav sold it before the owner had Yush, then there is no chiyuv of paying four or five. The only time the trader says you have to pay four or five is if someone stole something. The owner had Yush, and now he sold it. Now again, clearly not like Rav, because if Yush kinda and he would own it, then when he sold it, he sold what belongs to him. And we're going to see them both Rav Nachman and Abshashis do not hold like Rav. Here the question is, when is the din of Abba of Rav Sheshis limits it. It's only La'achar 
Rav Nachman holds it's both before Yish and La'achar Yish, as the Gemara explains. Rav Nachman says, Chayev, why? Because since in the parish of the penalty of four or five, the Torah says, Umacharai, Omar Achmana, that if he steals it, and if he sells it, he has to pay four or five. But how's So if he sold it, it doesn't make a difference. Yeh Yish, not Yish. In both cases, according to Rav Nachman, he has to pay Abba Chamisha. Loishna Lifna Yish, Loishna Lacha Yish. Rav Sheishas, however, holds Pater. Why? Because Chiyuvei, when did the trader obligate the Ganov to pay four or five? Only Laachar Yishu. And why would that be? Because only then the Ahanu Maisev. None of them hold like Rav. None of them hold like Rabo. Yish alone will not have him acquire it. But if there is Yush and there is a Shinoi Rishus, then it's out of, then it no longer belongs to the owner. So when does the trader say that the act of sale is going to be penalized, not just by Kefal, ooh, now you've got to pay four or five, when it successfully affects a change of ownership. So in other words, the sin becomes worse. Number one, you stole it. So as we use the words of the Nesiva, so now that you stole it, it's not in the domain of the owner but it still belongs to the owner. Now, if there is Yush, and now you sold it, now it's not even Shaloi. Now this animal doesn't belong to the owner. The owner has to get paid, and he has to get paid a lot. But the animal is no longer even the owner's. That is only when you have to pay Abba Chamisha. Abba Lifna Yush, but if the original one doesn't have Yush, even if you sell it, Shinui Rishus, without Yush, does not take the animal out of the ownership of the owner. That act does not affect any halachic change. In that case, by the way, Kefal, you'll still have to pay. But you don't have to pay that. And why is that? Because the trader puts always together, Mechira, together with Shechting, just like by Shechting, everyone holds, and as we said, even without Yush, if Aganov Shechts the animal, that animal does not belong to the owner. Shinui, Maisa, in the stolen article, takes it away from the owner. So just like Tvicha, Be'inon, the Ahanu Maisov, here also you have to have Ahanu Maisov. Omar Rapsheshes continues, Rapsheshes, let me prove you that I'm correct, and I'll prove it from a Braise that we learned yesterday, that quotes the sheet of Rabbi Akiva. Rabbi Akiva says, Wow, I mean, it's not just careful. Why such a great penalty? Because the sin becomes rooted. And here, as we had yesterday, at least Rapsheshes understands the Braise, that rooted, the sin becomes rooted means the Ahanu Maisov, that now the sin became even more effective. When he only stole it, it still belonged to the owner. It's just not under the shus of the owner. Now that he, shecht, now that he st- uh, sold it, ah, now it doesn't even belong to the owner. Now again, that will only be true if there was Yush. Now Amos, when can Abakiva say his statement? That selling it makes the sin even more rooted. can be, because does it become rooted? No one holds that just Shus without Yush affects a change of ownership. So that's a raya that Rabsheshus has from a Rabakiva, which actually means that this Rabakiva will be Akash against Rav Nachman. So Amarava, to answer Rav Nachman, that's not necessarily what Rabakiva meant. And we had this yesterday at the end of the Shir on top of the Amid, that what Rav was saying is, Really, Rabakiva maybe hold that he sold it Lifna Yush. 
But if Lifnei Yish, what is the meaning of Neshtadeish Bechet? Not that now that he sold it, it no longer belongs to the owner. No, there was no Yish, and it still belongs to the owner. But the thief repeated the sin twice. You know, in English, you added salt to injury. You stole it, and now you sold it. The sinner sinned more. That's why he's penalized more. Tashima, here the Gemara is going to ask a question against Rav Nachman. Rav Nachman who holds that the din of Tvicha Mechira is both Lifnei or La'achar Yehush. It says in Ebraisa, quoting the words in the Pasuk, Utuvachai Oymecharai, says the Ebraisa, Matvicha, She'en Echizeres, when is there a penalty by slaughtering? When you, when you do something that is irreversible, unreversible. Shechita is unreversible. You kill the animal, that's it. You slaughtered it, it's slaughtered. Af Mechira says the Braisa, when is there a penalty? Only when it's a sale. She'en Echizeres, that is an unreversible sale. Now, what does that mean? Amos asks the Gemara, If there was no Yish, as we said many times, it is a reversible sale. It's an illegal sale. If there was no Yish, the buyer has to give it back. It must be La'achar Yish. So from here, Shmami that the only time that there is a Chiyuv by Mechira to pay Arbava Chamisha, it's only Chiyuv La'achar Yishu. So that's a cash against Rav Nachman. Answers the Gemara, Tir Gemara Nachman, as again as we learned on top of the Ahmed at the end of yesterday's year, that this Braisa is speaking about Lifna Yush. And when the Braisa says that you only are chayf to pay Arbava Chamisha by a Mechira She'en Chizeres, what he means is that when the seller, the Ganav, sold it to the buyer who can be innocent, he sold it to him not for 30 days, he sold it to him for good. That is when you have a penalty of, of Abba Hamisha. But if the seller sold it to him for a limited amount of time, we're going to call that a lease. There, he doesn't have to pay Abba Hamisha. So, because of this b'raisa, we don't have a cash against either one. No one is refuted. We have a machlekes. Rav Nachman and Abshashis. Both of them don't hold like Rav. Both of them do not hold like Rabbo. Both of them hold like Rabbi Yosef. That Yush loy Nevertheless, there's a machlekes whether the din of Abba Hamisha is only la'achar yush, or is it both lifnei and la'achar yush? Continues the Gemara of Af Rabbi Elazar Savar Chiyuve la'achar yush. Rabbi Elazar holds like Rabbi Sheshes. Now the no of that there has to be yush, and there's a shino deshus. That is when you got to pay four and five. Why? The Omar Abu Lazar, turning to the Afsamach Ches Omid Beis, that Teida, Teida, Shestam Geneva Yish Ba'alim Hu. I'll prove to you that when someone has an article stolen, the, the, the norm and the halacha will accept unless you know otherwise that the owner, after a Geneva, right away gives up Yish. Look inside the Taparashi. And therefore, continues the reading Rashi inside, that if the Ganef sold it, even if he sold it immediately after he stole it, the buyer required it. Why? Because we know the Katarta, you have Yush and Shinadishus. How do we know it? Let's go back and dig them So that's what Rabbi Lazar is saying. Shadai Omra Taira Tavach Umachar Mishalam Tashlumi Arbava Chamisha. The Taira says that if you shecht it, the Ganef, and or if you sell it, you got to pay four or five. Now, the Dilma Deloi Iyaash, meaning that if the Taira 
doesn't accept the Chazaka that there was a Yush. So there was no Yush. Until you know, the, if there's no Yush, what happens when you sell it? The sale is not really a sale, halachically. Because if the, it belongs to the first owner, the buyer doesn't own it. So Rabbi Lazar is taking it for a given that if the sale is going to be invalid, why would you be penalized to pay our brother Hamisha for something that is halachically garnished? Gavaldik. So Rabbi Lazar is saying all this just to make a statement that whenever there is a Geneva, the owner right away gives up hope. So since he gives up hope, Yish and Shinurishus will allow the Mechira to be valid. And that's why you got to pay Abba Hamish. So Elolav, Mishum des Amrinon, Stam Geneva Yish Bailam He. And this is going to be like Rav Sheshis. And therefore, it's the Torah that says, you pay Abba Hamisha, that's what Rabbi Lazar is basically saying, is only saying it when the, when the Mechira is going to be effective, when the Mechira is going to actually allow the buyer to own it, it's going to take it away from the ownership of the original owner. And if we know, we know that there was no Yish, then there's no penalty. Because the Mechira is not going to be effective. Says the Gemara, that's not just telling, making a comment on Abu Lazar's opinion. The Dilma, how do you know? How do you know, Abu Lazar, that the only reason why Yechayib Dalad Vehei by Mechira is because the Mechira is halachically valid? Maybe not. Maybe the Mechira won't be valid. Like Rav Nachman. Maybe even Lifnei Yish, you got to pay our brother Hamisha. Like we said, Shoshana Bechet. The trader is telling the Ghana, if you stole it and you sold it, Ah, you sold it, chutzpah, it's not even yours to sell. Pay our Baba Hamisha. Says the Gemara Omri, they explained, don't think that. Because again, since the Torah puts together Tvicha and Mechira, do me the Tvicha, we want to compare Mechira to Tvicha. Ma Tvicha da Ahanu Maisov, af Mechira da Ahanu Maisov. And the E Lifnei Yush, and Kula Alma Moide that Shinui Rishus below Yush does not take it away from. Uh, the original owner, it doesn't, let's say, doesn't consummate the theft. So, Mayahanu. So, that's what Rabbi Lazar is saying. To which the Gemara says, Vidilma, maybe, you're right. Maybe, like, like, like um, Rabbi Sheshes, when are you going to be penalized for Mechira? Only if you had Yush. However, you, Rabbi Lazar, who are saying that it's Chazaka, uh, that whenever some, someone has something stolen from him, that chazaka that he had yush, maybe not. Maybe when a person has something stolen, some people don't give up hope of getting it back. At least not right away. And you know, you're right. When does the trader say that Yechai Bardalad Vehei by Mechira, when we know you had yush, the Dilma, the Shema'ine, the Iyash. And only then do you pay Dalad Vehei. But how do you, Rabbi Lazar, know that Stam Geneva Yush Bailam? So Amri, for that, the answer, again, just like when a person steals an animal, and the trader says, if you shecht it, you got to pay dollar the hay, and that's a fact. There's no maybe or only in certain cases. Since the trader puts mechira together with tvicha, it must be af mechira, always dollar the hay, meaning even before you found out he had, he had yush. So Rabbi Lazar is correct when he says that whenever there's a Geneva, Stam Geneva is Yush Bailam, and that's why Yechayev HaMechira Dalvei, meaning that if we know the owner did not give up hope, then he won't have to pay Dalvei. Kishitas Rab Sheish is not like Rab Nachman. Continues the Gemara. Omar Le Rabbi Yechanan, was Rabbi Yechanan is rejecting, he's not accepting Rabbi Lazar, who holds that when the Torah speaks about Mechira, 
that Yechayv Dalad Vehei, it's only because now the Mechida was halachically valid. So it belongs to the buyer. So you, in other words, you consummated the theft. You took it completely away from its original owner. It's not true. And I'll prove it to you, says Rabbi Echenon. Because Geneva ben Nefesh Techiach. Geneva ben Nefesh Techiach, says Rashi, a few lines above the Gemara, on the left, that Hagoynef Nefesh Machari. Right, the terrible sin of kidnapping a person. Actually, the Ramam adds, and then the kidnapper makes the victim do something for him. He's meshabed him a little bit. And then he sells him. That's a capital sin. The kidnapper gets killed. That's, by the way, what it means in the Ten Commandments, thou shall not steal. In the Seder Sadibris, Loisignoif doesn't go about stealing money. That's obviously prohibited, but that's written in the Torah, not in the Seder Sadibris. So, says Rashi, Ein kan yush. There is never yush. Why? Beautiful word. She'ein adam isyayish alatzma. A person never has yush on himself. And even in the limited context, you can amplify it more and beautiful. A person should not have yush in anything. But in the context of a person getting kidnapped and therefore giving up hope for him becoming free. A human being never gives up hope that he'll never have his freedom back. So there's never yush. And nevertheless, we're reading on Anashi, V'rachman chayvei. The Torah says that the kidnappers chayv misa. Afal masaf. So you see that the sin of sailing is not necessarily connected to the fact, ah, since you sold it, now you consummated the theft. No. Back in the Gemara. Like we just read the words in Nashi, that she'ein adam al atzmai. And nevertheless, the kidnapper is chayiv. So he rejects Rabbi Lazar. He holds like Rav Nachman. He holds that even if there's no Yish. And therefore the sale is not a sale that halachically is valid. Nevertheless, you're chayif from Echidah. You know, you stole, which is a terrible thing, and then you sold what you stole, for that you pay not just kefal, dalad behe. In other words, says the Gemara Mechlal, the Sava Rabbi Yechanan, lifnei Yish chayif, like Rav Nachman. So that's for sure. So now the Gemara is asking, one second, what about la'achar Yish? What's the question, if you don't hold like Rav, if you don't hold like Rabba, if Yush loy konei, then la'achar Yush will also be chayv dalad vehei. But if you will hold like Rav, if you will hold like Rabba, if a person steals something, and then the owner gives up hope, if it no longer belongs to the owner, so who does it belong to right now? To the Ganev. If the Ganev sells it, then he should not be chayv dalad vehei. Like we had the Lashon and the Gemara before, because Shaloyhu Meicher, Shaloyhu Teveach. So the question basically is regarding the Machlokes of Rabbi and Rabbi Yosef, Yush Kaina, Laf Kaina, what will be Shitas Rabbi Yechonon? La'achar Yush Mai, what would Rabbi Yechonon hold? La'achar Yush. If Yush Kani, then there won't be a Chiyuv Dalal Vehi. If I hold Yush Loi Kani, then I'll hold Mamish like Rav Nachman. That lift a yush, or la'achar yush, you got to pay Dalal Vehi. So says the Gemara, it's a Machlokes Rabbi Yechonon and Eshlakish. Rabbi Yechonon Amar Chayiv. Because you're also chayiv. Again, clear. Rabbi Yechanan holds, listen to you, chayiv. You'll also be chayiv la'achar yush. Why will that be? Because Rabbi Yechanan will not hold that yush kaina. Rabbi Yechanan will hold yush loy kaina. Harash lakish omar pater. Explains the gemar. Rabbi Yechanan omar chayiv. Chiyuvei. Bein lifna yush. Bein la'achar yush. Mamash like Rabbi Nachman. Rishlakish says pater. Chiyuvei hu dafka lifna yush. That's a new shit. Only lifna yush. Avalacha yush. Since Rav Shlakish holds like Rav, since Rav Shlakish holds like Rabam, that yush kana, so now that it belongs to the Ganev, and 
there's no chiyuv to pay dalad vehei he sold what belongs to him. And now we are challenging him from a Mishnah. It says in a Mishnah, if a Ganav steals an article, and the Higdish, the initial understanding is, is that the Ganav was Magdishit. And after the Ganav was Magdishit, then he slaughters it. And we learn that all of the penalties of Kefal, of Dalot Vehei, is when the Shoy Re'eyu. But if you stole it from Hegdish, I mean, there's dinim of Me'ila, there's other penalties. But the dinim of Geneva, which is Kefal and or Dalad Vehei, does not apply to Hegdish. So says the Mishnah, Mishalem Tashlomi Kefal. Kefal, he has to pay. Why does he have to pay Kefal? Obviously, because when are you obligated to pay Kefal? From the moment you stole something. When he stole it, it wasn't Hegdish yet. But when did he slaughter it? After it's Hegdish. Ah, by Hegdish, there's no payment of Dalad Vehei. Now the question is, Amos, when exactly was the Ganaf Magdashit? If the original owner didn't have Yush, then everyone holds. Just Shinri Shus does nothing. So if it didn't belong to him, if it didn't belong to him, what is this Hegdish worth? Zero. If it's not Hegdish, then if he did Tvich or Mechida, he should be Chayv Dalad Vehei. Mikadaish. Frek Digamara. Ish Kiyagdish is basically Kaidish, the Torah says. If you're Magdish, your house is sanctified, Omar Achmana. Meaning, Ma Beisay Shaloi, Afkoil Shaloi. I cannot be Magdish what belongs to you. Elop Shita, the Mishnah speaking about after years. Ah, the time of the Higdish, who the Ainim Shalom Zomarach So even though there was years, why does he not have to pay Dalvei? Because he was Magdish. Meaning, the Chitkotavach. Because when he shechted it, the Hegdish kotavach, he shechted something that belonged to Hegdish. Avoloi Hegdish, but if he would not be Magdish it, but he would steal it, the owner would have Yush, and then he would shecht it. Clearly from this Mishnah we can extrapolate, Mishalam Tashlum Yarovachamisha, that he would have to pay Dalad Vehei. The whole Mishnah's Chiddush is that it was from Hegdish. The Isal Kadai Techiyush Kaina asks, Reish against Rabbi Echanan. Amai Mishalem, why would he have to pay? Shuloi Yutaveach, Shuloi Yumaycher. Gewaldik asks Rabbi Echanan to Reish Lakish. Answers the Gemara Amar Lei, responds Reish Lakish. Hachabemai Askinan, one second. Yush is Kaina. You didn't understand the whole Mishnah. The Mishnah is not speaking about a case where the Ganav stole and the Ganav was Magdashit. The Ganav stole it and the original owner was Magdashit. In other words, there's no Yush. There's no Yush in this price, in the Mishnah. A Ganav steals it, there's no Yush. The owner owns it. The owner is Magdashit. And now the Ganav shechts it or sells it, says the Mishnah, he's not Chayiv, Daladei, because the owner still owns it. Because it's Hegdish. Because the Bailam is Magdashit. And then you shep it, you don't know the Nope. But you would okay. Huh? You would okay. I would, I would owe, if there's Me'ila, I would owe Me'ila, but not all Kefal. If I steal something from Hegdish, there's no Kefal. There's no Kefal by Hegdish. There's no Daladei by Hegdish. There's other Dinim for Hegdish. No, 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 the owner was Magdashit. Since the owner was Magdashit, the, the Mishnah is before Yush. Aganov steals it. The owner says, ah, it's Hegdish. And then the Ganav shechs or sells it, says the Mishnah. The owner, the Ganav has to pay the owner Kefal. Because the Chiv of Kefal comes together with the Geneva. When he stole it, it belonged to the owner. It's Re'eyu. But now that the owner was Magdashit, now it's Hegdish. 
And now we shechted something that belongs to Hegdish. There's no din of the hay by Hegdish. Asks the Gemara, one second, it's not so simple. The owner can be magdish something that's not in his rishus? No. If it's not in the possession of the Baalim, can his Hegdish be effective? If a person, we're speaking about a robbery. If a guy robs something, but the owner did not give up hope, says Rabbi Yechanan, Shneim enam yichaylum lahagdish. Neither of them can be magdashed. The gazlan cannot do it because the owner didn't have a yush. It's not his. And vizen, the owner cannot do it. A new din, you can only be magdash. Something that's in your domain. That's what the question is. So Amridi answered that who, that the Shlakish will hold like the opinion of the tsunuim. We're going to learn a Mishnah. Today, we're going to have it in the next daf about, we're speaking about people that are called the modest people, the humble people. And look what the Mishnah is speaking about. The Tanan. We learned the following din in the Mishnah. The Mishnah is speaking about the din of Kerem Rivoi. In the Holy Land, when you plant, the din of Arla is all over the world. You plant something, in the first halachic three years, if that tree grows fruit, doesn't always happen, but if it grows in the halachic three years, the fruit is prohibited. Not only can we not eat it, we can't have any benefit from that fruit. It's called Arla. In Eretz Yisrael, the produce of the fourth year and this Mishnah speaking about a vineyard, so the grapes that grow in the fourth year are called Kerem Rivoi, a vineyard of the fourth. Its produce is like Maisr Sheni, which means that you can, you can eat it, but you have to eat it in Yerushalayim. And just like by Maisr Sheni, if a person is living far away from Yerushalayim, and you don't want to schlep the fruit itself to Yerushalayim, you have the permission to redeem the Kedusha on money, that money has to be taken to Yerushalayim and used only for food and drinks. So what, look, look at Gavalik. In Eretz Yisrael, there were holy people that when their field was Revoi, at the end of every day, they were afraid that maybe some people went ahead and they took grapes off their field, not knowing that it's Revoi. Now, they also, they violated Loisignoivu. But that, that's something that you can't resolve. But the owners didn't want for those people to also eat produce of Revoi outside Yerushalayim. So what did they do? They used to take money at the end of every day and they used to make a declaration that they would put money down and they would say everything that was picked today they don't know for sure but if something was picked today it's no longer in their possession should be redeemed on this money. So what do we see from this Mishnah that there were opinions that held that even though those grapes were no longer in the possession of their rightful owners, they had the power to be mechalalit on money. And therefore the same logic will apply that Tzunuyim will hold that a person could be magdish something even though it's not in his rishos. So therefore the Shlakish has an opinion upon whom to lean. Here is, let's read inside Rashi. Rashi is eight lines from the bottom of the Ahmed. We're continuing to ask on this approach if the owners were the one that was Magdashit. So the question is, why would you even have to pay Kefal? Think about it. If a person steals something, and the Ganef, before he's taken to, a, to the court, he returns the article to the owners, does he have to pay Kefal? No. Kefal, since he didn't return it, he, he, and he was not moided that he stole it, but he was caught, two Aiden testified, you stole it. Titus says, ah, you stole it? And Aiden, Kefal. 
if I gotta steal something and the owners are magdashit, does that not mean that it went back to them? Now, again, if you're gonna hold that they are unable to be magdashit, then it never went, then their hegdish is nothing, it never went back to them. But if the hegdish is hegdish, it's like halachically, the owner said, you know what? I'm giving it to God. And if those words worked, so it was his and he gave it to Hashem. So halachically, it should be viewed as if the article went back to the owner. The owner was magdashit, so you should not have to pay capital. Let's continue reading Rashi. How do we know that? Because the agadusha, the owner said, no matter where it is, I'm magdashit. And the kefal, which will be in a case, says Rashi, Shubo Edim. As it says in the Pasik, answers the Gemara, and still, I, why do you have to pay kefal? In other words, before the owners were magdashit, the Ganath was taken to a dentator. And we'll get into the details, and the Beisden tells the Ganath, you gotta give it back. When Beisden gave that Psagdin, what did the Beisden say? Gotta pay Kefal. Once Beisden passed in Kefal, Kefal has to be paid. Now, before he got it back physically, he was Magdashit. And then this Ganav, Aganav, goes and shechts it. That's where the Mishnah says he doesn't have to pay Dalavahe. But still, the Gemara wants to clarify this last detail. Hey, Chidami, Ida Amri, say Tenlai. If Beisden would have used these words, not that you're Chayif to pay to him, not that you're obligated to pay to him, but they would have ordered him. They would, have, they would have given him an order. Go and pay the owner. Ah, asks the Gemara Gavaldik a question. My idea, Higdish. We don't need the case of Higdish for the Ganaf not to have to pay dollars behave. Why not? The Omarava Rava said, say with ten loy when based in Paskins, and he, they order one side of the Dintaira, in this case the thief, go and give back with Kefal. Then, if Tavachumachar Pater, why? My Tama, given the Pasquala Milsei, since Beisden issued a final verdict, they gave up Sagdin, Tavachumachar is considered as a new act of robbery. And it's considered not like a Ganef, but like a Gazlan. Who has to pay Dalot Vehei? A Ganef. A Gazlan doesn't pay Kefal. A Gazlan does not pay Dalot Vehei. Once Beisden tells everyone, you are a Ganef, and you are hive to give it back, now it's known that he's a Ganav. Everyone knows about it. If he shechts it now, it's considered a new act of Gizela, upon which there's no doubt of the hay. Gavaldik a question. So turning to the Afsamach says the Gemara, if, however, Beisden does not tell the thief, they don't tell him, you are obligated to give it to him. They don't give him an order. If they just say, Chayv means there's an order, you have to give it to him, and then Chayv means you're guilty. In that case, if Tavachumachar, Mishalam Tashlum Yavavachamish. In that case, if he shechs it, he still has to pay Dalavahe, my Tama. Kivin Dolay Paskua, the Bach as Paskua Lemilsa, since it's not a final verdict, Akataganafu. So all this is a question, just to clarify, what exactly was the case of Tavachumachar that only because of Higdish is he exempt? It can be that if Beisden Bechal didn't have the Ganev, then there should be no Chiv of Kefal. 
The reason why there's a chiv of kefil is because there was some sort of verdict from the Beisden. Exactly what was the verdict? If Beisden said, save a tenlai, then there also would not be dalad vehei. So Gemara clarifies, like Sricha, the Amri That's exactly the case. Gavaldik. So again, a Ganav steals. The, the, the Ganav was taken to Beisden. Beisden did not say with an order, give him back the Ganav and Kefal. They didn't order him. But they said, you're Chayev. You're obligated. He was found guilty without an order. Now the owner said, Amagdishit. And the Ganav went home. He didn't give it back with Kefal. He didn't give it to the Beis Amigdash. The Ganav shechted it. That's the case of the Mishnah. Kefal he has to pay because he was found guilty in a basin. The owner, according to the Shita, that he can be Magdish, something that's not in his Rishos, affected Hegdish. Now it belongs to Hegdish. You shechted an animal from Hegdish, for that there is no Dalad Vehei. So we still stand with the Machlekes, Rabbi Yechelen Vedish Lakish, this is still really a Hemshech, whether Yehush is Kaina, that's really the Machlekes. If Yehush is Kaina, then La'achad Yehush, there's no Dalad Vehei. Shaloi Hu Tevech, Shaloi Hu If Yehush is not Kaina, so then, the din of Dalad Vehei, is even la'achar yush emirz Hashem to be continued.